Hello, everyone. I would like to welcome you to a Woman Broken, a Woman Healed podcast. I am your host, Phyllis Knight. Tonight, we will be discussing part two of I Do Not Consent. I welcome Geraldine Benson again to continue our discussion regarding child molestation and sexual abuse. Geraldine is coming to us out of Middle Georgia. She is a married mother of four. She has nine grandsons and three great-grandchildren. She is a strong woman of faith, and I know I've known her for 25 years. Tonight, as we discussed, um, as we discussed last week about sexual abuse, it is a crime that happens across race, religion, and class and has lifetime effects. It includes any interaction between child and adult or another child in which the child is used for the sexual stimulation of the perpetrator or an observer. We both have had our experiences with child molestation. And as we discussed in our last um, podcast, um, I shared my own experiences uh, with child molestation with uh, one of my brothers um, who is now deceased. Um, we did um, find out about a year ago um, after searching for my brother for over 20 years that my brother had been deceased for um about 28 years when we um, actually found out about um, him being deceased. And at that time, it really kind of freed me up to be able to really discuss what had happened to me because honestly, I felt um, still a lot of shame, um, which I didn't have to bear that shame because that was not my shame to bear. Um, it was, I had done nothing wrong, um, but you know, that's something that we who have gone through child molestation or sexual abuse, a lot of times we hold a lot of shame because we feel, you know, that something's wrong with me. Um, we feel like we've done something wrong, but we really, we haven't. We just hold on to that shame and we bury a lot of our feelings and the guilt and, um, and the things that happen to us. We just bury it in our hearts. So today I'm going to give uh, Geraldine another opportunity to share um, some more of her experiences and we're just going to tap into, you know, some statistical information today and um, how God has allowed us to be healed from the wounds and the hurts and pains of child molestation. So how are you today, Geraldine? I am doing fine, fine, sister. I'm doing fine. And thank you for having me again. I um, was listening to you when you also said uh, the shame that we bear, you know, it's really something when we talk about shame, you know, when you bear something that you're ashamed of, you, you're ashamed of it because you feel guilty about it and you feel guilty about it because you're ashamed of it. It sounds crazy, but it's just the truth. Well, you think about it, I feel shame, but what did I do? I feel shame about it, but what did I do? We say that so many times and we bury so many things in our minds. We don't even want to think about it. The things that are the painful, we want to hide it. We don't want it to, to surface, resurface again. And when you mentioned your brother, how your brother was deceased, we well, asked this really something because, you know, um, the person that did what they did to me, they are also deceased as well. But it's amazing how it doesn't matter whether they're living or deceased, it still affects you. It still affects you, and it's going to affect you until you get healed and delivered from that, from the guilt and from the shame. And I, I was so young, 
I really couldn't even process what had happened to me. I couldn't even put it into words because I was so young. This, what was done to me, if you ask me, well, what happened? I couldn't tell you because I was so young. And, um, but all I knew is something happened. And what happened to me, it was very painful. And I didn't want to think about it. I didn't want to talk about it. But if you were to ask me that, I couldn't put that into words because I, it was so devastating to me as a child. It was so devastating to me as a child. And I had no one to talk about it to. Why? Because I couldn't put it into words. I couldn't put it into words. And that is devastating for a child. It really is. You're exactly right. I know um, when I was a child, I never discussed it with anyone. Um, it, it's just something that you really don't know how to tell someone what's happening to you. Um, because you're afraid of the person who is doing these things to you. Um, mm -hmm. I don't really quite remember um, my brother ever saying to me not to tell anyone. It was almost like something I knew not to, to talk about. Mm -hmm. Maybe he did tell me not to say something. You know, a lot of um, your feelings and your thoughts and the things that happened to you, we bury them so deep that, you know, you just really kind of wanted to stay buried and you really don't want those feelings to resurface because when they resurface then it's almost like you have to live through that pain and that shame you know and and even you know the fear of you know something even happening to like your children or your grandchildren you know so sometimes it feels better to just you know tuck those thoughts and those feelings away, you know, deep into the crevices of your mind so that you don't have to think about those things again. But I believe in order for us to truly be healed, that we have to, you know, I'm not saying that we have to talk about every single situation that happened, but we have to allow our, ourselves to feel, you know, what we felt, you know what I'm saying? In order for God to heal us, to, to know that, okay, yes, I was, I felt ashamed. I felt dirty. I felt, you know, it felt yucky to me. It felt uncomfortable. It was awkward. I knew something wasn't right, you know, but like you said, I was so young, you know, I didn't really know how to express it. I didn't know who to tell, who not to tell. I didn't know if I was going to get in trouble or if he was going to get in trouble. I didn't know if my dad was going to spank me or he was going to get, like we used to say in the, back in the day, he was going to get a whooping. You don't know what's going to happen. So, you know, a lot of times you just keep it quiet and you just bury those feelings and just hope that it go, just go away. You don't have to deal with it. But I believe that God wants us to be healed from it. And even though we tuck it away, God has a way of putting you in situations where those things can come back up so that you can deal with it. And for me, yes. um, it happened, you know, after I was married and me and my husband had separated um, and, you know, for a while. And I went to um, stay with my brother for a while during that time, my other brother during that time. And, um, you know, we had talked about some stuff and, you know, the one in the conversation, you know, it came up that 
my someone had possibly told my father they possibly knew so it made me feel kind of angry you know at my dad so that was really like the first time that I really discussed it and I was about 25 years old before mm-hmm. I really discussed yeah. what happened to me you know but um I think that was the beginning of my healing process but I didn't really begin to start to deal with my feelings that I had tucked so deep inside of me until I had went to a women's conference and um during that women's conference that's you know, through my prayer, you know, praying to God, that's when I really realized that I had a lot of resentment towards my mother. Um, But like we discussed in the last podcast, you know, it wasn't, it's not her fault. You know, sometimes parents don't know what to do with stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? But we have to find it in our hearts to forgive every person that surrounds that whole terrible, you know, incident that happened in our lives, you know, even our parents, you know, because sometimes parents just don't know what to do, you know, they don't know what to say, you know, I mean, you know, how do you deal with something, you know, like that, you know, so, you know, I'm sorry, no, go ahead. Well, you know, um, when you talked about, you mentioned about our parents, Mm -hmm. so many things wasn't talked about, yet they were happening. You know, these things weren't things that was just something new nobody knew about. You know, they never, you know, they, they, incest is something that has been gone on in families for years and years and years. People, the family, they didn't talk about it. Like I said, that was just happening. You don't talk about that. Even though certain family members might have um, caught certain family members doing things that they shouldn't as far as um, sexually, but they didn't talk about it. And then you have so many people that have fallen victim to this and, and they bear their shame, their hurt. They don't want anybody to know about it. And you, and you talk, we speak about parents, you know, um, nowadays they have the good touch and bad touch. They teach children in school about, you know, someone touch you, not to touch you. But these are um, um, conversations that should be had in the home. We should, we should have these conversations in the home with not only our daughters, with our sons. Because, you know, we mentioned before, you know, boys are sexually molested as well as our, um, our girls. But they don't know. You know, we have to give them that information. We have to sit down. We have to talk to them. We have to make them feel safe and let them know no matter what it is, you can come to me. You can talk to me. And we, whatever's going on, if someone done something to you, we're, I'm, I'm going to fix it. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna fix this thing. We're going to get you the help that you need to help you to heal that you can grow up into a young lady and be married and not have problems when you come together with your husband because it affects women in so many different ways. I mean, this is a big, ugly monster. And it grows and grows and grows until something happens and destroys it. And the only way I can get destroyed by us talking, talking to other women and saying that these women have experienced the same things that you have experienced, but to let you also know that you can be made whole. And I remember this. Remember this, if nothing else, I did not consent. You know, this, this horrible act happened to me. I didn't ask for it. I was taken advantage of, you know, and a lot of people that take advantage of people because someone has done the same thing to them, you know, and it's just so sad that it's that way because everything has a root. So this is something that really needs to be discussed in the home and we need to make sure our children are educated in these areas 
And when we run up to women that look like us, that have been through what we've been through, that we've reached a hand out, say, look, sister, I know what you're going through. Let me help you. Let me tell you what helped me. And, and, and that's, that's, it's just, you know, like women empowering other women. You know, us encouraging each other, letting them know you can make it. And you might feel like you're worthless, but you're not worthless. And you teach her to know her worth and to let her know that even though this happened to you, you can still be made whole. That's exactly right. And, you know, um, the thing about it, um, about 93% of children who are victims of um, sexual abuse, they know Mm -hmm. their abuser. You know, so that's 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 way that's almost a hundred percent. You know, so that's like only seven percent of the people that are being abused don't is by somebody that they don't know. So that's why we do have to make sure that we talk to our children. We have to explain to them if somebody touched you, you feel uncomfortable. Um, like we discussed before, we have to explain to our kids what their actual names of their body parts, um, you know, and stuff like that. I think um, I remember one time you said that uh, someone that you knew had uh, named their body parts. What did you say? Uh, mashed potatoes or potato salad or something? Potato like salad, that. yes. They had potato salad. And they had yes. a little, this was in the school when they had a little, uh, um, a little luncheon for the children. And um, they asked her, do she want some potato salad? And she flipped out. She slipped completely out, and they had to call her mother. Wow, wow. See, and that's what I'm saying. You have to tell children the truth. You have to tell them exactly what the body parts are, their body parts are, because you know, in in that situation, she got scared because she thought somebody was going to be doing something to her because she didn't know what her actual body parts was called. You know, and that's the thing. You know, and one in four girls. Are, uh, are sexually abused and six, one in six boys. So that right there tell you that the likelihood of you knowing a little boy or a little girl that has been sexually molested or has suffered incest or child rape or something like that, you know someone, someone in your neighborhood, at least one or two kids, I'm sure you know somebody. And the thing about it is, there are so many women that have dealt with either incest or being molested. And we don't even think about, you know, when kids are kids and they fondle each other, that's a form of child molestation too. Um, if, 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 if someone is touching you and they're fondling you as a child, and it's, it can be another child fondling Kids need to know that that's not not okay, you know, and we need to talk about that stuff too to kids, to our children, to our grandchildren. You know, somebody is fondling you, just touching you like that. That's a form of child molestation because they're being stimulated and that that root, you know, it can take root into them and then it'll go from them fondling one child to outright molesting or raping, you know, another child or a teenager, you know what I'm saying? Because it starts to, you know, bring about those feelings that kids really ain't ready for, you know, at that age, you know what I'm saying? They don't know what to do with that. They just know 
for a kid that that does it, they might it might feel good to them, but it you know, doesn't feel good to the person who is being done to, you know, because uh, if the child is so young, they don't understand what's happening to them. So, you know, we really have to take those type of things um, serious, and we really need to have discussions with our children, and we need to be honest, you know, with them, and our kids need to be able to feel safe that they can talk to us and tell us if someone is doing something to them, something to them that's making them feel uncomfortable. And we do not as parents or grandparents need to make our kids hug people or anything like that, that they don't want to hug. If they don't want to hug a person or, or an adult or something, just leave them alone because we, sometimes we don't know why a kid don't want, so my kid has a, a, a an ability to you know, have that feeling, I don't know, something's not right with that person, you know, so um, we really need to, uh, you know, support our kids um, when they tell us that someone done something to them, we don't need to make them feel like it's their fault, like she's just a fast little girl, what are you doing, you just fast, that's what they used to say when we were kids, she's fast, and they used to say the boys was mannish, those were the things that they used to say when, uh, when we were kids, but it's not always because the little girl is fast. Sometimes people have done things to them, you know, so, and kids kind of grow up a little before their time, you know? You're absolutely right. As a matter of fact, uh, you mentioned about children being fast and the boys being mannish. You know, the children, a lot of children act out because someone acts act out on them. And they, what they're doing, they're, they're, they're reliving what happened to them. And it's, it's really hard. And what we have to do as parents is recognize those red flags. You know, like you said, don't let them hug certain people. And if they go on that person, and it's still real funny, don't leave it at that. When you get them home, say, hey, let me ask you something. What, you know, why was it when you um, um, hug um, Uncle So-and-So, so-and-so, you felt that way? Then what we also have to realize is we know of people in our families that have had this problem, has done things, don't you expose your children to them. Don't leave them alone just because it's a family member. No, you don't leave your children in harm's way. And I always tell people, okay, that might be your uncle, but uncle got a problem with his hand. So you will not be uh, left in the room with uncle. You come on. And if uncle try to ever put his hands on you, you run and you tell mama, you tell me. We have to make sure we really, really, really talk to our children and recognize the red flags when we see our children act in certain ways. You're right. And, you know, abusers, you know, they they really have a tendency to um, utilize manip manipulation, you know, um, you know, to groom our kids, you know, um, like we had talked about before, you know, like sometimes kids, you know, they just, little kids, you know, they like candy or uh, a soda pop or, you know, um, maybe they want a video game or, you know, or, or something like that, something that they really want. A lot of times they groom them to manipulate them, you know, um, because maybe their parents aren't able, you know, to buy them certain things, you know, so they manipulate them in that way. I know for myself, um, as a child, my parents weren't able to buy me certain things. And my brother actually used to buy stuff for me to kind of keep me quiet because yes, I wanted it. I wanted, you know, candy. We had a corner store across the street and I wanted candy. Kids like candy, you know, and he would buy me candy and um, sodas and 
And then it graduated to, you know, he ended up buying me a, um, a, a swin bicycle, a 10-speed bicycle. Uh, I was excited to get that bicycle. And you don't think I was quiet? Yeah, it made me be quiet. But, you know, at the mm -hmm. same time, you know, I was, I was, I felt ashamed, a sense of shame. You know what I'm saying? Um, but so those are things that happen to young kids. You know, sometimes that we, as parents, sometimes we need to, you know, kind of, you know, think to ourselves, think logically, you know, why is, um, you know, my brother or why is somebody in my family buying, you know, I'm not saying that everybody that buy your kids something is doing something to them. Please don't think that. But we do need to, you know, be aware that sometimes if your child around that person and that child feels isolated, like they're isolating your child or, you know, like you walk in a room and your child, it looks like they're scuffling around or, you know what I'm saying? Like you, you need to question what's going on. You know what I'm saying? Because a person that manip uh, uh, molests children, a lot of times they like to isolate them away from the family. That's how they get them, mm -hmm. to take advantage of them. They try to get them off in a room or get them in a basement or get them upstairs or, you know, kind of, you know, block them off, you know, so they can't, you know, make them be quiet, you know, and stuff like that. So you, we got to be aware and we got to stay conscientious. One thing I do not like to do, I don't like my grandkids, my granddaughters, being in a room with, you know, older men or, you know what I'm saying? You know, you got to, you know, be careful. You got to be conscious of that kind of stuff. Maybe I'm just overly conscious because of the things that's happened to me. Maybe that's a good thing. You know, maybe I might be a little bit too overly conscious, but I'd rather be safe than sorry, as they say, you know, because what boundaries can get crossed on a child mm -hmm. and then it can cross over to my less than them and physical boundaries that don't need to happen mm -hmm. but we got to mm -hmm. be aware you know when our children are being isolated from the rest of the family especially with this one family member that seems to be isolating our ch our children and we need to ask them questions you know is anybody doing anything to you did somebody touch you do you feel uncomfortable you know, it's nothing wrong with asking them questions. I mean, don't try to persuade them to say things that's not true. But, you know, there's nothing wrong with asking them if you may think that something could be possibly going on. What do you think? I think I think you're correct in what you're saying. I remember growing up, you know, a lot. it was a lot of drinking going on. And they would have places that would sell, you know, liquor and Everybody would be over on payday or whatever, and the kids around, and you know the soda bottles used to be worth like five cents. If it was a big bottle, you get five cents. If it's a small bottle, you get two cents. Well, we was just kids, you know, and our parents didn't have a lot of money, and so we would wait around. You know, when they finish uh, with the bottles, we can get the bottles and we go to the store and buy something. But this one particular man, I will never forget him. He was a nasty, nasty man, and he really, really was. I tell you what, when you get in his grips, you would, you, as little kids, you'd be squirming and trying to get away from him. And he's just, just trying to touch you everywhere he can. But all of these people in the room, but they're doing their thing, they're drinking, they're not paying us any attention, you know, and they just going about their lives. And here you are, you're trying to get away from this pervert, you know? And I, and, and I, I, I used to, I didn't like him. So I would make sure I stayed away from him because he got me, he got me his grips one time. And whoa, I tell you what, he was, 
his hands were so fast, it was like a machine. And he would just be like he's laughing and talking with us and laughing with the people. And he'd be just spilling all over us, of little girls. And I, you know, and I made sure that was his first time and that was his last time. But at the same time, I really didn't know to tell somebody. You see what right. I'm saying? I right. knew the way he made, he made me feel, but I didn't know to tell somebody what he was what he was going to me. And at this time, I, I know I was older now. I had to be at least about maybe nine years old because my mother was eight or nine. nine I'm going to say nine because my mother was still living, you know, and because and my mother died when I was 10. And so she was still living. But I, I didn't know to go to, to someone and say, this man is, he's touching me, he's feeling me. I didn't know to do that. Yeah, you're I right. I didn't know what to do. Right. I know um, when I was a little girl, also, you know, it was an older, older gentleman, you know, <laughs> it was like, come here, you know, sit in my lap, you know. Um, but, you know, we have to be careful about allowing our daughters, you know, to uh, to sit in men laps. You know what I'm saying? Like you said, when you're like eight, nine years old, she's a little bit too big to be sitting in some man lap. I don't care if he is a... Um, family friend or your you know we don't need to allow our little mm-hmm. girls to sit in 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 uh, older gentlemen's lap um I mean you know their dads you know but you know we we need to be careful about that because sometimes little some older men you know like you say they're little dirty old men you know they they, they don't have the um right mindset you know what I'm saying and but you know mm-hmm. I know back in the day our parents you know um dealt with a lot of incest, you know, and we as a people have dealt with um, incest and, and rape and, and things like that. I mean, it goes all the way back to the Bible days where um, uh, Tamar, um, if anyone is familiar with the Bible, she was, um, her brother uh, committed incest, uh, Amnon, mm-hmm. with her, you know, so this mm-hmm. is not something new. It's been going on, you know, right. since you know, back in the um, Bible days and the days of King David um, incest, but we just have to talk about it. Um, We have to make our family members aware, you know, that um, when someone has molested someone else in the family, so that um, if, if, say for instance, I have a little girl and I know that I'm just using a name, this is a fictitious name, but say Billy Bob molested my daughter. I need to let some of my other family members know, you know, so that their child don't fall victim to that person. You know, if 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 yeah. a child, if a person yeah. went to court and he was convicted as a, a child molester and he has to uh you know, uh, what they call it, they have to let, let it be known that, hey, I live in a neighborhood. Why wouldn't you tell your family members, you know, that you have a, mm-hmm. a, another family member who has done something inappropriate to one of your kids or, you know, someone else, you know, we need to, you know, let each other know when we got somebody around us that's doing that because if they done it to me, they may do it to my brother's kids. They may do it to mm-hmm. my my friends' kids or my sister kids or when I have some family over because I'm having a family gathering and we got to watch Billy Bob because 
Billy Bob don't know how to keep his hands to himself. You know what I'm saying? Or maybe we don't need to have him around when we're going to have a family gathering. You know, we can't be naive and think that we can have family gatherings when we know that he's done something to, you know, my little girl and then think he's not going to do something to somebody else. We just don't need to have him around. You know, we wouldn't have somebody else around, you know, just because he's our family member. Maybe we don't need to have him around. We have a, a bunch of little kids over because that's like a, a field day for a, a child molester, you know, but, you know, we have family gatherings. Sometimes we just like, oh, well, it's family, you know, whatever. No, um, he can stay at home. <laughs> Maybe he needs to stay so home. You have to, mm-hmm. you have to treat that just like the coronavirus. If you know <laughs> somebody has, um, look, if you know they've been infected, you can't come in. No, uh-uh. Because that thing could spread if we let you in here. You know, I ran a daycare for years in order to, um, for everybody to, Everyone that lived in my house had to have a background check. And and if they didn't pass a background check, either they was going to get move out or I couldn't run a daycare, you know, because right. and if somebody had some type of a sexual assault or anything, they, they couldn't no longer live in my house, you know, because they had to protect their children. And so that's mm-hmm. what we have to do. If someone is a sex offender, they have to register as a sex offender. And because I ran a daycare, if a sex offender tried to come and live in this area, they couldn't because I ran a daycare. And they would call me up, Miss Vincent, are you still running the daycare? Yes. And he said, well, he won't be moving, moving here because by law, that's what they had to do by law to protect them. So if the law protects you, how much more should we protect our family? Exactly. Exactly. So how would you handle if you had a child um, in daycare? Um, how would you handle that if a child came to you and advised you or made any kind of comments that something possibly could have happened to them? What would be um, the way that you would handle it as a healthcare, pro- I mean, I'm sorry, as a daycare provider? Well, as a daycare provider, <clears throat> excuse me, we are trained. I'm sorry, forgive me for that. We are trained. We attend classes and we are mm-hmm. mandated reporters. We have to report it. We have to. If a mm-hmm. child comes to you and they have been sexually, sexually molested or abused in any kind of way, we have to report it. So you would report we it have to, to re- law enforcement? Yes, yes. But the, what we do first, we report it to the state. We have to okay. report it to the state. You know, we mm-hmm. report it to the state. And, um, and after we do that, we report it to law enforcement. We, we, we report it to the state because we're running a daycare through the state. And right. we report it to law enforcement because we mandated by law to report it. Right. And, right. I, we also, and I also talk to the parents and I let them know what I have to do. You know, I let them know I, I, I have to report this. You know, mm-hmm. I, and, they, and they know it. You know, a lot of them get mad or whatever, but I don't be trying to make friends when a child is in harm's way. You know, right. it, doesn't, it doesn't matter to me because I'm not trying to hurt anybody. I'm just trying to protect that child, you know, and, and, and I have had, you know, um, uh, things to happen where I had to do just that on more than one occasion, you know. And so it's just what you have to do when this is really, really, really hard because your, your heart goes out to the child and your heart goes out to the parent that's not aware of what has happened to the child, knowing what can happen. But this is the good part, if I can say that. If mm-hmm. the parent had been the type of parent they're supposed to be and haven't been putting their child in harm's way, they don't have nothing to worry about. 
Right. You understand what I'm saying? But right. if, they, if they know this, that they keep putting their child in harm's way, well, then they, they need their child to maybe be um, separated from them for a little while until they, they attend some classes and things like that. And to realize the severity of this is serious. It's right. so serious because it affects children. It messes with their minds. I mean, I've heard kids see when they, they see monsters. And I mean, so many things. It, it affects you in so many, many, many ways. I'm telling you. Even, even when you become grown and you're married, it affects you in your marriage life. Mm-hmm. It can affect you. If you, don't, if you don't get the help that you need, it can affect you. You are you, exactly and, right. And the blessing is, you, you know, the blessing is, you know, if God has blessed you with a, a understanding husband that loves you, that's a blessing. Because a right. lot of women, they wind up getting divorced. They right. just leave them. They don't want to deal with it. You know, right. because they feel like, look, you, 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 you are broken and you damaged. I don't have time for you to heal. You know, right. and that's why right. it's so important. If any woman, if she listens to this podcast, you know, and she's if she's struggling, there's help and there's hope. You don't have to live your life being ashamed, being in pain, and not being able to function as a woman. Right, right. But you know, sometimes incest can go to a whole another level. Um, yes. You know, um, in the sense that some young ladies you know, have been, you know, raped and abused by like a brother and have had children from their brother or a father or something like that. And that really can play on a a young lady's psyche, you know, to have a child by their brother or a father or a family member. Mm -hmm. And then you know, they have to deal with the, the the incest and the rape, you know, and then have to turn around and have a baby, you know, that they got to look at this child and be reminded constantly of what has happened to them. You know, though you know, that's a whole nother level of um mm-hmm. of not just sexual not just uh sexual molestation, but that's incest and sexual abuse and rape, you know, and so um, they need counseling, you know, to, to, to have to deal with that, you know, and a lot mm-hmm. of times young ladies, when they've gone through that level of incest and rape, a lot of times they don't want to have relations with men anymore. They'd rather be with a woman. Because that 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 just you know it it is so it's such a a scar it's such a hurt and a deep pain you know that they have to deal with to have to you know not only be raped and abused by their brother or their father but now I'm bearing their child and I gotta look at this child the rest of my life you know and it's not that they don't want to be a mother but not like that. You know, and so a lot of times if they don't get the counseling that they need, a lot of times these young ladies just don't want nothing to do with men, period. You know, so that's why a lot of times, sometimes women rather be with another woman. You know, they rather be a lesbian than to deal with a man. If they feel like a man is going to treat them like that, you know, so, you know, we really have to... um, you know, get the professional help that we need. You know, when we were young ladies, you know, 
especially black women, you know, in the, in the black, you know, community, you know, we didn't go to counseling. You know, we didn't go to see a, a, a therapist. We didn't go to see a psychiatrist or a psychologist. We just didn't do that. I think was well, pray Psalms 23. You know, the Lord is my shepherd. You know what I'm saying? We didn't do stuff like that. But you know what? We got the opportunity now that we can go and get the counseling that we need. Sometimes we need to go and sit on somebody's couch, somebody who don't know me, they don't know nothing about me, and I can go and talk and I can get this out and then I can, you know, go on with my, go on, hopefully go on with my life. But not only that, you know, we can go to our Heavenly Father and He can give us what we need to heal you know, from all the hurt and all the wounds, because he wants to give us beauty for ashes. He wants to give us the joy of gladness for the spirit of heaviness that we feel from all the hurt and the pain that we have endured in our lives from sexual abuse and child molestation. And, you know, and the likelihood of young lady who have been molested and, 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 and abused as a child they're more likely to become teenage mothers. Why? Because they feel like, well, I might as well just go ahead and give it to them anyway. Even if I don't want to do it, I just go ahead and do it anyway, because that's the way you look at me. You look at me like I'm just, that's all I got to offer you. So I just go ahead and do it and get it over with. They may not even want to do that. But because the pain that they have endured as a child, when they become a teenager, it's sewn into their heart, you know, like, this is just what we do. This is what a woman do. Just give it to them. You know, even though I don't want to, just go ahead and do it. And then we end up being a teenage mom, you know. So it's so much stuff, you know, that we have to deal with, um, with, with sexual abuse and child molestation. The root of it just caused from one thing to another to another. And like you say, it just builds up to even when you get married. Sometimes it, it, it makes it hard sometimes to just have regular relations with your, your own spouse, you know, because of what you mm-hmm. endured as a child, because we've never dealt with it. We never dealt with the pain. You know, we never dealt with the shame. We never dealt with the blame. We never dealt with the threats that came along with, you know, the, the, the child abuse, you know, and stuff like that. So we really do need to get the help we need. You know, so I think confession, mm-hmm. confession, mm-hmm. It's good therapy, yeah, very good therapy. Talking the matter out, you'd be surprised once you talk about something like on last week, as they begin to talk, how God began to minister and to heal, you know, right. and, and some things that you had pushed so far back, you forgot about some of that stuff in yourself, but He allowed it to come to the surface. It's important, it's, it's so important for us to be able to empty out and once we empty out god can fill us up you know and once we empty out all of the pain and the sorrow and the, and the hurt and the shame that we bear you know once once he take all of that allow us to get rid of all of that he can fill us up with love and joy and peace yes. and forgiveness and forgiveness yes. and you said something that's so important it is so important to forgive and people will say well how can I forgive that person they did this and they did this and they they sure did and yes and you you are I understand how you feel and I understand but at the same time that's too much power 
for anybody to have. Because as long as you hold on to unforgiveness, that person has power over you. As long as you hold on to it, you will always be able to say, they did this and they did that. And the more you say it, the more angry you get, the more bitter you get, and the more miserable you are. But when God, when God will help you to forgive someone, when he will say, now look, you forgive those, forgive them. You forgive them just as I forgave you. Right. You got to forgive. We got to yes. forgive. We can't hold on to that. We can't hold on to that. But God can cause you and help you to forgive. The only way you can forgive as you begin to release things and as you begin to realize it wasn't my fault. I right. didn't take sense. This is something that happened to me. And then also to think about this, and this might be a hard pill to swallow. And that person that did this to me, what could someone possibly have done to them? Right. That person could have very well been a victim themselves. That's right. Very well yeah. been a victim themselves. And that's when that's the thing where God will cause you to have compassion and forgive your abuser. That's Can't right. nobody do that but Jesus. Can't nobody do that but Jesus because he did yeah. it for me. Because I thought I would never, ever, ever forgive the person that did what they did to me. I thought I would never because they did some of the worst things to me that you can do to a human being. Yes. Mm. I mean, ever until one to one particular thing that happened, I don't even remember what happened. After. I don't remember. I remember it happening, but a, a, a total blank. Right. I don't remember. Right. And I was just, a, it was horrible. Right. It was a horrible thing. And yes. I was like, oh my, I, I didn't know what to do because I was a child and I was never say, I think I blacked out. That's what I think. Right. Yes. I think, I I think a lot out, of times but we I do. tell you. Yes, I do, you, you do. I don't remember to this mm -hmm. day. I think I blacked out. I really do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think I think so. You know, it's, it's such a traumatic thing sometimes that happen that we we just choose to bury it so deep that anytime I know for me, I feel like it, it, when my mind try mm -hmm. to go back there, I like nope. I don't let it go. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. oh, nope, I can't think about that. <laughs> you know, but um, like you said, you know, we have to, we have to forgive, you know, um, you know, we, if we want the most how to forgive of, of the things that we've done, we have to forgive others for the things that they've yeah. done to us, you know? So um, the thing about it is, um, I, I'm going to say this, and we're going to go ahead and um, start wrapping this up. But if anyone, any listener out there um, suspect your child or someone that you know that's been sexually abused or molested, you know, um, just like Geraldine said, you know, um, report it. Report it to law enforcement. You know, um, because they need to be held accountable. You know, um, that's a crime. You know, especially an adult doing something to a child. That's a crime. You know, um, now children doing stuff to other children, you may have to pray about how to handle that type of situation because sometimes kids just don't know no better. You know, but um, when an adult is doing something or someone that's older doing something to a child, it needs to be reported. 
you know, so that they can become a registered sex offender so that they don't be in a neighborhood where your kids are or like uh, Geraldine said, where there's a daycare center where they have access to kids or close to a school or somewhere where there's a lot of kids. They don't need to be in that area. So, you know, we have to, um, loving our neighbors sometimes is, we got to report stuff like that. Because if you love these little kids that's running up and down your street, you don't want nothing to happen to them, just like you don't want something to happen to your own children. And we need to report it. But also what we can do is we can call the um, sexual assault hotline. Um, it is a safe and confidential service, and you can call that hotline um, for yourself or someone else. And that number is 1-800-656-HOPE. Again, that number is 1-800-656-4673. Or like I said, you can contact your local authorities or a medical professional or maybe a pastor at your church or something like that to get the help you need. So I'm gonna give Geraldine an opportunity to give her final thoughts and we're gonna go ahead and wrap it up. Thank you. This is something I would like to add before we end the night. Don't be so quick to allow your children to spend the night at people's houses. And even, you know, people in the church, you got sons and you, you're a single mom and, 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 and Somebody always want to take them out, whether it be the pastor, one of the deacons, they all want to take your son out and buy him this and that. You investigate that. I don't care if it is the church. You investigate that as well. And this is the last thing, final thing I would like to say. And if you have children that are small children that are underage, but you find them doing full sexual acts to, to one another, that's called child on child, child on child, but it's not to be ignored. You seek some professional help for them as well, because that is not something that we should better eye at either. Even though it's child on child and they can't get in any trouble, but you also ought to also seek help for them and get some professional help for those children as well. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Well, thank you to our listening audience for listening to A Woman Broken, A Woman Healed podcast. And we hope that tonight's podcast has been an enlightening conversation. And we hope that you will join us in on our next podcast. And thank you for listening. Have a good evening.